Hello, everyone, and this is Fire Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Snodgrass, and today we have John Buttrick. Hey, everybody. John Buttrick, Coastal Fire Training. Uh, thank you, Michael, for uh, allowing me this opportunity. And uh, we're just going to take some time to talk about uh, coastal fire training and uh, what we believe in uh, as it relates to all types of entry work, uh, forcible entry, and through the lock. Uh, we've found our niche and found our home in, uh, in teaching firefighters, law enforcement, and EMS, uh, and some federal agencies and military uh, in Canada and in the United States, uh, ways to get in and ways to make access that's just a little less destructive and a little bit more technical. So, um, you know, we, we find that some people um, across the American Fire Service and abroad uh, you know, some people, you know, are, are really hungry for this information. And then uh, we all work with those guys that don't want to learn anything except the TV remote. So uh, if you're not into, uh, you know, being better at your job and learning more and expanding your knowledge and, uh, and everything so that uh, not only your company, your department and everybody is in a better, uh, a better place, but just so our citizens and our visitors and our business owners uh, ultimately are in a better place. You know, the, the age-old joke of uh, the firemen coming to kick the door, um, I think we're beyond that. Um, as costs continue to rise, uh, you know, crime rises, you know, things are, things are happening um, different, differently in ways that buildings are secured, but also in, uh, in how we look at our constituents. And, um, you know, in, in most of the neighborhoods that I've worked throughout my career, uh, these people don't have a whole lot, right? They don't have renter's insurance. They don't have home insurance. They, you know, what we do and what we come there and destroy, you know, even if it's in the name of saving grandma, um, you know, leaves the grandchildren susceptible to uh, maybe crime, theft, um, or, you know, some, some other types of things that could happen later on in the night because we came there and uh, we were too lazy to learn our jobs and then we destroyed their door. So, uh, conventional forceful entry still has its place. Uh, I used to talk a lot about, you know, when to do this, when not to do this. And, um, and basically, I, what I say now is if you know how, you'll know when. Uh, we're not handcuffed by a whole lot in the fire department uh, or in law enforcement or EMS for that matter. So, uh, you know, we're, we're all generally smart individuals. And if we have been, you know, learn a skill or a, a tactic, then we typically know when to employ it, right? So um, if, you know, if you know how to get in and you know alternative ways to get in, then when you're presented with a certain set of circumstances, uh, time of day, the occupancy, the run, the information you've been given, whether it's valid or not, and, uh, and you roll all those factors in together, much like any other size up we do on any other call, um, then if you have an, another ability um, to get in and you have the tactics and you have the tools, then maybe it's the time to employ them. Um, and you know, there definitely, there are times that are not to do this. Um, but you know, like I said, uh, you know, early on, we, we heard a lot from the cheap seats about, Oh, I'd never do that on a fire and, uh, and this and that. And we were never saying that. And, uh, the other guys, you know, I'm not the first one to talk about through the lock and I damn sure won't be the last. Um, I learned all this from some really awesome guys across the American fire service. And uh, I'm simply just another agent and another guy out here talking about it. But, you know, none of us were saying, 
you know, do this on a fire, right? And so you can go through our YouTube, you can go through our Facebook, and you can find uh, plenty of comments from the cheap seats. And we leave those up. Um, you know, they don't bother us, and they just make the individual uh, writing the comment look silly. So, uh, you know, Coastal Fire Training, what do we do? We, we, we run our website, right? So it's no secret. We sell all the tools. And, uh, and we, we came up with the respectful entry kit. That was our own idea. Um, we got like seven brands of firefighter, uh, owned companies. So firefighter tools, right? So these aren't, um, these aren't just like, you know, generic name brand, uh, generic or name brand tools from locksmith.com or anything like that. Um, there's a fireman behind all the tools that we sell. So, uh, across the country, volunteer and career, these guys are making, uh, the tools you got Trevor Williams from the, the Williams key, John Zauer, JV tool, Bill Walters, firefighter swipe tool. Um, you know, it goes on and on with our product line, but, uh, you know, we, we're, we're one fireman helping another with the tools. And then we're just a group of firefighters that are passionate about the fire service and passionate about customer service. And that's why we, we got into teaching classes. Uh, there is a huge demand um for through the lock and for for our class um we're running a big uh we're fortunate enough to come back to the ozarks conference again this year in july uh we sold it out we got 80 plus people in that class uh and then we're we're presenting at fdic so uh chief halton and the staff there has given us the platform to elevate our message and uh we're most appreciative of that um but you know it's just on the right calls for the right reasons we're just working to reduce or eliminate the damage caused by the fire department. And that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, you know, our job can't be fun or, you know, we heard that from the cheap seats, right? You're taking all the fun out of it. If it's fun to you to cause unnecessary damage to someone else's home or business, uh, then you're probably in the wrong line of work. Uh, you know, and this, and this falls in a couple different uh, trains of thought, but the first being, that uh, in the neighborhoods I've worked in, it's important that we're able to re-secure the residence or the business when we leave, right? Typically, we're being watched, uh, typically by those with uh, ill intent. And if we're, if we're entering an occupancy, um, you know, and destroying the, the door, frame, glass, whatever uh, cowboy method we use, when we leave, yeah, we might call the police. And, yeah, the police might come. And, yeah, they might sit on it for a little while. But I've also worked in pretty busy areas. And, the, and law enforcement's not able to sit on every building um, and just babysit it. Uh, we all know that, you know, key holders, uh, key holders are on drug dealer time, right? So if you get a message that says the key holder will be there in 20 minutes, key holder's probably going to be there in 60 minutes. So you got to ask yourself and you got to ask your department, um, you know, is your job to get in or is your job just to wait outside? So, I would offer that waiting outside makes you no different than a civilian um, and making entry, uh, especially on a, on a business, right? So on a business or a home where they pay a fire alarm company, they pay a monitoring service um, for an alarm system, then they're entrusting that we will arrive and we will be able to make the right decisions, right? So, you know, the tactical decision-making of when to use this, when not to use this um, could be debated for forever. Right. Much like uh, everything else people want to debate on Facebook. But what it comes down to for us, if you know how, you'll know when. Right. And if you have a good company officer and a good set of skills and you have some tools, um, then you're going to be able to make those decisions. 
And again, that goes right back with everything else we do. Uh, the public trusts us to make the right decision. So there's no, there's no better win for through the lock or an alternative means of entry or respectful entry um, than being able to, you know, talk to the grandson that's on the phone, that's on his way, worried about grandma, hasn't heard from her. We make entry. We're able to get her, get her to the hospital, secure the residence. And now that family member doesn't have to, oh, hey, go, go to grandma's house. The door's blown off the hinges. Now you can't go visit your grandma in the hospital or be with her, right, wherever we've transported her to, because you got to worry about her house being unsecured. So, um, you know, and that's where it was born. Um, we, you know, I had a, an awesome captain and a, and a bunch of good senior firemen, and, um, and we, we really dove into this thing. And, uh, and we've made, we've, uh, you know, it's been pretty successful. The, uh, the store, you know, we're, we're always pleased to see how well that does. And, and that's for no, re no other reason. And we know these tools are getting out there and they're getting in the hands of uh, fire departments across the country, you know, and then it's always humbling. Um, you know, we haven't had a class yet that hasn't sold out. Um, we've been at capacity. Typically we, we set a capacity limit and then we, uh, you know, I've always been a guy in, in life or otherwise that pushes the limits. So we're always adding spots and uh, squeezing people in and, um, you know, that's been, that's been very humbling too. Um, through the lock is not, uh, it's not new, right? It's not a, uh, it's not something I came up with, um, you know, by no means, right? So you can go into the San Francisco forcible entry manual, uh, the New York at the FDNY forcible entry manual, and you'll find um, through the lock, through the lock tactics and tools taught, um, you know, in, from the early 50s, right? And so, and, you know, as buildings adapt, as locks adapt, as access control systems are evolved, uh, we've just, you know, reached out to other industries that, um, that also make entry um, into buildings without keys or without, you know, occupant access. And um, we've adapted that to the, to the fire service. And, um, you know, just the ability to get in, investigate, do your job and re-secure. Uh, I don't think there's there's a bigger win than that. Um, you know, again, there's there's a time and place for everything, and that's the last time I'm going to say that. Um, you know, we we know how, we know when, and we employ it, and um, and and it's been overly successful. We uh, we've aided departments that we've taught with you know, uh, entry forms, if the risk management wants to document, uh, you know, how many entries they're making. Uh, we've, we've trained departments that, uh, that had a, an exponential amount of conventional forcible entries on very simple uh, doors and locks and very simple occupancies. So uh, we've been able to see the, the return on investment uh, that these fire chiefs have been able to demonstrate to their city councils where they've brought us in We've reduced uh, the amount the city is paying out in claims or otherwise uh, for businesses, especially, but, you know, residences as well, where the entry was totally unnecessary or it would have been justified without this training. But in light of the training where they've, they've brought us in, the return on investment, they've seen their, uh, their risk management numbers or whatever term they use in that particular city uh, significantly decrease, right? So it costs a little bit to bring us in 
and then we train their guys, their guys elevate, they get the tools, and then the return on investment for the city and claims and the citizens in, uh, in pleasure with their fire department and the professionalism of their fire department uh, has been exponential. You know, a lot of times uh, law enforcement is included on these with us. Um, there's a safety piece to this, obviously. Uh, no different than a conventional forceful entry. Uh, and that's what we talk about. Um, you know, and, and the, the main thing uh, for us is just having a systematic delivery of damage escalation, right? So kind of like a flow chart, if you can imagine a flow chart in your head, it's just a systematic delivery. So we start at the bottom, right? We start with the the least destructive or non-destructive entry. So what I mean by that are bypasses, defeats, voids, uh, these little tricks you guys see us performing on our YouTube channel and Facebook, Instagram, uh, the bevel tools, bump keys, a duster can on a request to exit sensor, um, double door tools, those have been around forever. They were in my first department when I got hired in 2009. Um, thumb turning devices, the JV tool, John Tower, I mean, incredible device, um, especially if you have a lot of commercial in your, in your building, or I'm sorry, in your area. Uh, door shims, we, uh, we found that the firefighter swipe tool from Bill Walters and the unforcer from Bad Axe, Scott McCann, two incredibly awesome door shims used by locksmiths. And they're different materials and different thicknesses, and that's why we carry both. Air wedges, shove knives. Again, you know, I was I was that young kid that had a shove knife and had no idea what it was for, no idea how to use it. And the guys I worked with didn't either, but they all had them in their pockets, right? Um, the under-the-door tool, sparrows, long shot. I mean, the list goes on and on for completely non-destructive entry. You're able to get in, investigate, re-secure, and leave now obviously we're not cat burglars right so we're notifying the resident we're notifying the business maybe we'll sit outside and wait for them to arrive after we've made entry and after we've determined there is no emergency fire hazard etc um but we're getting in okay that's our job our job is to get in and that's what they pay us for and that's what they trust us to do um you know it's 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 always uh you know you sit outside and you wait and then the business owner the resident arrives and they're like wow you're just sitting outside like i i could have just come home and investigated the fire alarm if that's all you were going to do so you know and obviously water flow alarms uh where there's obvious damage occurring that's not a fire um again they're going to want a way to lock their place back up so with a little bit of time and a little bit of training some of these tools um, you're able to make these entries and I'll tell you, it makes you look like a rock star, uh, especially if you work with a bunch of slugs or people that don't want to train, um, just minimal training, whether you come to one of our classes and meet us and hang out and, um, get to learn this stuff throughout the course of a day or, you know, a day or two. Um, a lot of this stuff you can learn from our YouTube and our Facebook and our Instagram. If you got a good company officer, you know, with the blessing of whoever you need. Um, go out in this stuff, go out in your, your first do and just train on this stuff. Um, what we found early on is as long as we explained what we were doing to the apartment complex, the business, whatever, they did not mind that we were training to save their property and to save their building. So much like everything, it's in your delivery and, uh, and, and everyone's, everyone's very welcoming of, uh, of this kind of stuff. 
And then, so, you know, that's non-destructive entry. So you move from non-destructive, no damage at all, to lock damage only. Uh, lock damage only. There was a video I just had on fire engineering. I had a friend. Um, they needed me to get into their apartment. Um, there was potentially a hazard within the apartment. He, we weren't sure, um, but it was something that we needed to make a decision on and, uh, and pretty quickly, right? So if we can go after just the lock, so if we're pulling a knob, um, pulling a deadbolt, cutting screws, um, you know, pulling a cylinder, things like that, we're able to isolate the damage to just the lock, okay? So in a residential format, that's typically a homeowner fix. And this is where we start seeing the, the cost savings for the resident and the business owner is if they typically homeowners are at least able to, you know, repair just the lock. Right. So, or if they have a friend right. Or a neighbor or something like that, somebody that can help them, a handyman, um, but not a locksmith or a contractor. And that's where you get in when you start damaging frames and doors and everything all at once. Um, you know, it's a big money fix and it's a big time fix. So lock damage only, uh, tons of videos out there, you know, going after rim cylinders and mortise cylinders, there's nothing new there. Um, you have the S and D Rex tool that's been around, uh, for quite some time from Firehooks Unlimited. And then you have the ZB tool, um, which is an incredible tool. Brian McNulty rescue two in Milwaukee, uh, developed the tool. It's steel. It's not cast. It's a single head design. It goes after uh, deadbolts, mortise, and rim cylinders, uh, graduated head, great for knobs, great for deadbolts, um, and great as a commercial application. Um, you know, and that's lock damage only. Again, so we're saving time, we're saving money, and we're, we're making access by minimizing the damage. Um, and from there, you know, we're, we're escalating up lock and door damage. So... Um, at some, at sometimes where time is of the essence, where your tools might not be, uh, in tune as much, or you, you may just be presented with multiple locks, uh, the door may suffer some damage, right? But there's ways to prevent that. Um, we use certain methods to like a piece of carpet, a carpet scrap, something from the clipboard, anything to keep the tools off the door to dissipate the energy, dissipate the damage, paint transfer, things like that. And uh, we're still able to get in. And then obviously at the top of the, uh, you know, the, the hierarchy, if you will, lock door and frame damage. So this is obviously uh, nearing conventional forcible entry. And it's where we're causing damage to everything. Um, and it's basically forcing the door when it's, when it's still in a locked capacity. So, um, you know, you got to gotta just have a little bit of, a little bit of training. Some, some of the right tools and you're able to make the uh, make the proper decision on on what you're going to do and uh, and what circumstances you have you know um, fortunately or unfortunately the world we live in today depends a lot on access control systems and we're finding weaker physically locked buildings that are depending on uh, access control systems security cameras ring doorbell cameras all this and that so people are feeling feeling more secure right because they have cameras and they have these notifying devices etc but physically the doors are uh depending on depending on the neighborhood of course um we're finding that you know people and business owners especially aren't relying as much on physical security as they are uh electronic security
security, right? So where that aids us is, again, we're not cat burglars. We're going to tell them we're, we're there, and they're going to want us there. So that aids us with things like access control devices, uh, the door key and keypads, things that are super simple to overcome. And, yeah, you might be recorded on video, audio, et cetera, probably even live, um, your entry, but we're the good guys, right? So as long as we um, are acting in good faith, and not using this stuff, you know, um, for ill intent, then um, these methods are actually, in some circumstances, becoming more widespread and a little bit easier. Uh, if you guys want to check out the Respectful Entry Kit, we got two versions of it now, the regular one and the Elite. Um, it covers the, the basic kit that I came up with first. Um, that covers basic residential and commercial. And then the Elite Kit has more stuff. Uh, for some more technical entries uh, where you're able to, you know, Adam's right bypass driver, things like that, long shots, uh, where you're able to do some more technical entries where, you know, maybe you have that, that company officer that's like, hey, man, we're not going to do nothing crazy. Key holders on the way. But if you don't mess anything up and we get in, I'm not going to be mad. Right. And I, I had a boss like that. So we were getting in. And there was there was no evidence of even the entry when the, the, the homeowner or the business owner arrived. And they were like, oh, well, how'd you do that? We'd show them. We would explain it to them. And, uh, you know, never did we ever have a, uh, an issue or a problem. So, um, you know, we, we believe in this stuff. It's, it's um, you know, it's widespread throughout the fire service. It's like anything uh, new or different, you know. Um, you have those that are accepting of it and hungry for it. And then you have those that want to memorize the TV remote. Uh, it's like, it's like anything you got to decide what kind of fireman you want to be and, uh, and how much, you know, sir, you're, we're, we're servants, right? We're servants of the community and we're servants of, uh, those that travel through and into our, into our cities. So I think if, uh, if you can save time, money, energy, make your department look great, um, you know, numerous times have we seen social media posts, hey, the fire department came to my house, took care of grandma, took care of my mom, fixed my fire alarm, whatever, and they didn't destroy it, right? And uh, there's been occasions where, especially with when people move, they're like, man, you know, I came from XYZ city and they destroyed my door and it cost me $1,000. You guys came here, got in, fixed the problem, and you know, why couldn't the other department do that? Or why couldn't the other shift do that? Right. So, um, you know, there is, there is some, uh, there is a little reward in it. Um, you know, and I just, I don't know, I made up with the fire service and I love helping people. And that's where coastal fire training, that's where our, our ethos is, right. It's just helping people and, and loving the job and, uh, and, and just being good at it. And, uh, and that's what I believe in. And I have some incredible, incredible dudes that have uh, that have stood beside me through thick and thin. Um, that are, you know, managing the company. I, I'm I'm in a lateral academy right now in the city of Memphis. So um, I have some incredible guys: Adam Church, David Mastrella, Eric Hilly, Cameron East, Daniel Collins. Um, these guys are are absolutely running the business, running the training side running the sales, the merchandise, the website, the social media, because they all believe in the same things that I do, which is taking care of our citizens, our business owners, making our department look better, improving the image overall of the fire service, and just being good at your job.
Awesome, John. That was a great That's presentation. Awesome. I got I got a question for you. Um, yes, sir. So, what was your first aha moment on through the lock? You obviously had to go from zero knowledge, and then something happened, or you or you like you said, you had your shove knife in your pocket. What was the first aha moment where you went through the lock? And you said, this, this is the path. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, there were a couple and they happened very quickly. So, uh, Captain Roy Berry and senior firefighter, George Best, we, we started this at, uh, at 25 engine in Virginia. And we, we went out, we, we had an idea of what we thought we were going to do. And we explained it to the business owners and, uh, and they were, man, they were so open arms. Um, I can't even describe how receiving the community was. So we were given a playground, right? And, uh, you know, one of the aha moments of like, wow, this stuff does work and uh, we're getting pretty good at it was uh, we stuck a, a homemade at that, at that point, um, the store wasn't open and George had made some J tools um, and we stuck one in the muffler of 25 engine, heated it up stuck it through a double door. Uh, so a double door, no mullion is uh, commonly what you see, especially in commercial occupancy is two doors. They swing outward and there's no center mullion or divider or nothing. The doors, uh, the doors locked to each other, right? This particular one had a request to exit sensor, which are becoming super prevalent, right? Because people want to be able to badge in, badge out with either their ID cards, their phones, some kind of token and it's a it's uh an ability for uh special commercial occupancies when you hire fire or uh, ban somebody from the property you can immediately uh either release or uh, retract their credential right you're not having to get physical keys and change locks anymore so anyway this particular building double door no mullion um, we stuck the j tool through the door now this particular door was a magnetic lock did not have uh, panic hardware. So we, there was nothing to pull back on. So there was a request to exit sensor hidden up under a little ledger wall um, to kind of probably prevent some of this stuff, or I think it was maybe just a building feature. And because we heated up the J tool and the muffler of the truck, we had the two things the request to exit sensors need. And if you're into this stuff, you want to learn about why the duster can works, um, or why this particular tactic works, just listen up to this one thing. You got to have temperature difference, okay? So request to exit sensor, the Honeywell and all the copies of the Honeywell, which is the most prevalent request to exit sensor out there, they don't care hot or cold. They just want different. So the request to exit sensor says, ooh, different, hot or cold. So the JTool was warmer than the ambient environment that it was, uh, situated in and then we waved it around a little bit that gave it motion temperature difference and motion the thing says oh a human must be uh, requesting to exit a human must be egressing the building coming towards this locked door I need to unlock and we stuck that J tool in the muffler we stuck it through the door there's a video of this on our YouTube and it opened the door we were like wow and uh, quickly that progressed to uh, the rubber band duct tape uh, technique uh, that George kind of came up with. 
we were we were finding that we were running we we have a we had a lot of hotels so we were running a lot you know people were like oh get the key card from the front desk yeah you can that's that's great but you get the key card from the front desk and you get badged into um you know the the hotel room that the individual is in but then their privacy lock is thrown, right? So if you uh, if you go to our YouTube, any hotel video, you'll see this. Um, there's a there's a ton of variations out there. Some with locking balls, some with uh, certain positions, and this seems to work on all of them. Um, but we were doing the the rubber band and the rubber band and duct tape, and so that allowed us two things. For one, we weren't destroying uh, hotel door after hotel door, and two, it gave you a second to check up on an EMS run. Um, site calls, especially, um, things like that, where you can open the door and the privacy bar is thrown in a hotel, unless they've gone out the window or through an adjoining room, there's a high likelihood that there's someone in there, right? So that, that device can typically only be thrown from the inside and you can't exit with it engaged. So it gave us a second to check up. We would wedge it for our safety. So we weren't losing a finger in a site call, especially but a lot of these were, uh, drug overdoses. Okay, so these people weren't conscious anyway. And we were able to quickly get that uh, device unlocked, make full entry into the apartment. And then even in like a fire smoke alarm situation, you were able to get the door, at least the crack open, smell, sight, use your senses. And then we we're able to quickly get in. And burnt popcorn doesn't mean that this, this apartment's out of service. Now they're moving the, the resident because the door's blown apart. Um you know, and, and the aha moment there for the hotels was the maintenance, man. Um, the the managers would, you know, early on would follow us around. The maintenance guys would follow us around, and they'd be like, wow. Like, our maintenance, like, and then so the managers were following us around because they were like, hey, how do I save money? We're like, here, we'll show you. The maintenance guys were like, damn, I'm spending two hours, three hours, maybe a whole day fixing this door on this apartment when or on this uh, hotel room when that's all y'all are doing to get in. We're like, yeah. You know, so um, those were two two of the biggest ones. I think the under the door tool is uh, is is pretty amazing. That's another one that uh, that blows people's minds. The duster can always blows people's minds. Um, there's a video on the YouTube on our YouTube uh, where I stuck a ruler in a fire. Uh, it was like a little um, you know propane fed fire um, outside the apartment. Or I'm sorry that the hotel for uh, aesthetic purposes out by the grill in the pool. And again, I heated up the roller. It found temperature increase motion and we're getting in um, on older buildings. The JV tool typically gets us in the front door and then we use other methods um, to get in after that. You know, I'd been introduced to rim, rim, uh, rim lock pools, mortise lock pools. So things like that weren't typically aha moments, but it was just further reinforcement what these guys were talking about, um, you know, my early mentors, Sean Wilson, Brian Matson, I mean, anybody that would talk to me on the phone about this stuff, um, you guys know who you are. I mean, I, I owe it to you and I owe it to the fire service to just keep talking about this stuff. Um, you know, they were, they weren't, uh, they didn't hoard the information. They shared it with me. And ultimately our goal at Coastal is just to keep sharing it with the fire service and get it out there. And, uh, you know, there's no greater aha moment than a family member thanking you for not destroying their door they can't afford to fix or the grandson is 
doesn't have to worry about grandma's house getting robbed while grandma's at the hospital. And he really wants to go to the hospital, but he's got to go back to the neighborhood so that no one's in grandma's house while, you know, she's at the hospital. Uh, I would say when it comes down to satisfying the citizens um, and making our, you know, the people in our community, uh, you know, just, just the outcome better. Uh, it, it doesn't get any better than that. That's awesome, John. Well, we have uh, five questions that we like to ask from Fire Talk, and I'm just going to fire off right on the five questions. Question number one is if you could go back and mentor or coach a younger you, what would you say and what would you do? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm sure everyone out there in the, in the space that's listening to this that actually knows me is uh, enjoying a good laugh right now and uh, I'm ready for this answer. Um, and I would say if I could if I could mentor my younger you, um, you know, I, I would channel my energy and I would, uh, you know, there's a there's a Bobby Halton video from FDIC that has stuck with me um, throughout my time. The second I saw it and it was care less. And, and Bobby, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here. So but it was it was care less about how the call or the run or the event makes you feel and care more about how it makes the person you're helping feel. And, um, you know, when I was young and, uh, you know, I've always worked uh, urban, busy fire departments and I've, I've just I had a lot of misguided energy. Right. So if I could if I had, um, you know, a little bit more mentorship early on, you know, maybe uh, I would have channeled all this a little earlier. Uh, that being said, I don't there's not a single thing in this life I regret. I'm exactly where I want to be at exactly the right time. Um, the city of Memphis is exactly where I want to be and the department I want to be in working with the guys and, you know, the friends that I found here. And uh, it's an incredible department with a ton of opportunity. And, you know, younger me was, uh, you know, very outspoken. And, um, you know, I thought I, I thought I knew it all. Right. And I thought that I had, that I had seen it all and that I, you know, read that book or watched that video when in reality, uh, 12 years in the street has taught me, you know, what I needed to know and, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, slow down kid, soak it all up. Um, you know, take pictures of everything. Cause you'll want to look back at this stuff and, and value it. And, uh, you know, spend time with your family and your friends because the job isn't everything. Um, and for quite some time, that's all, you know, that's, that's all my life was consumed by. Excellent. And it's always a hard uh, thing to operate because the younger you made the you you are now. Right. Uh, so you can't be the you you are now uh, without the younger you. But I like how you approach the fact that uh, it would have been nice to have uh, that other j just a little bit of guidance early on by someone that could have uh, made the you you are now but uh, maybe uh, smooth out some of the peaks and valleys. Yeah, definitely. And maybe, you know, I would have gotten to the same place I am currently right now, staring at the Mississippi River, working in the city of Memphis. Um, but, you know, maybe not. So that's why I say I don't regret 
Um, I don't regret anything. Um, you know, I had, I worked for some incredible company officers, uh, you know, back in Ohio, Brandon Linney and Brian Burns are responsible for the firemen that I am today. And that's good. That, that is really good. What failure, challenge, obstacle, feedback uh, did you experience that you learned from? What did you learn and are you still learning from it? So I would say my biggest failure um, as an adult, not even just in the fire service, has been relationships. So personally, professionally, um, I let my ego and my personality and how I feel about the situation um, get in the way of listening to others and being uh, receptive of others' ideas, concepts, um, and, and just how they feel about the situation. And, you know, as I get older and as I've opened my eyes and as I've cleaned up other areas of my life, I've realized that um, relationships are important both personally and professionally and developing and maturing my life and, uh, and cleaning up my life truthfully um, has helped with my relationships uh, personally and professionally more than, more than I could ever imagine. And um, it's important, you know, to, to have those relationships at work and at home and to foster them, to give to them, to, uh, you know, water those relationships and just, just nourish them. And uh, that's been a big, a big failure um, of my young adult life um, is how I've, how I've treated other people and how I've, I've looked at other people and how I've perceived other people. And, um, you know, as I, as I kind of grow up and mature and, um, you know, see a little bit more every single day, on the fire ground and at work, um, it helps me realize that, um, you know, fostering those relationships makes for a better work environment, a better home environment, and just an overall better life. And, uh, I'm just trying to live that every day. Awesome. That's a great response and it resonates. Anybody that knows me is sitting there going, Oh, you should learn that lesson, Michael. <laughs> so, Third question, a success that you've experienced and how is that helping you grow? Uh, the success, you know, uh, you know, coastal fire training uh, absolutely exploded. Um, it started off as one thing and has become, um, you know, a very successful, very large operation as it relates to our merchandise and our, and our shop, our store. Um, and then our training courses have reached, um, you know, they're both of these things are in their infancy. Um, but our training courses have, you know, we're humbled to be teaching at FDIC. And like I said earlier, just having a platform to, to elevate our message and get this out. Um, you know, and the other, the other really big homegrown conferences, um, that have, that have welcomed us in. And then, you know, the individual departments, um, that have, that have brought us in the, the success there is in the relationship building and in the, um, and the delivery to the, to the customers. So, you know, for me personally, I've tried to, um, you know, just be humble and, you know, know that, uh, 
you know, our success is dependent on the success of others and um, keeping our message clean and um, direct. And, uh, and that's how, I, you know, that's how I, truthfully I live my life being just being clean and direct. Um, some people like it, some people don't, but we have a message and a job to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, our message is do your job and be good at it. And, uh, and the success, you know, that's a, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and say that, um, you know, I'm successful, right. But we've been successful in getting this message out. We've been successful in the realm of teaching and training and, uh, and our, you know, our store being able to get the tools into the hands of the fire into the firefighters, EMS law enforcement. And that's where, um, I think the, the successes, you know, help shape us all as a young company and, uh, how we're growing from it is just improving our store operations, making our classes bigger, um, you know, adding more to our classes. We see a lot when we travel to certain geographical areas across the country, we see a lot of the same students come back because they're hungry for the information. And so we change things, we add things, we ask them what they want to see. And that helps us continue to grow, um, continue to adapt our program to certain geographical or socioeconomic uh, areas of the country so that we're not just teaching some cookie cutter program. We'll adapt it. We'll, we'll ride around with your fire chief and your risk manager and we'll tell you how we're going to save you money. We'll show you. And then we'll teach your guys a class specific to your area of the country. And I think that's helped us uh, definitely grow. Great, John. So one of the things that I found is that momentum is always building. What project are you working on now that is the future of John or coastal fire training? Yeah, so we're a, we're a family unit. Um, those guys I named earlier, um, Adam, Cameron, Eric, David, Daniel, and the rest of my team. I mean, we're, we're all one big family unit and we're all currently working on something, um, you know, on the social media side, we're working to improve our, our videos and our delivery. Um, and same with the website, um, improve our, our shipping times and our store operation, just getting everything, um, you know, uh, more streamlined, you know, everything, everybody wants everybody to be Amazon these days. And so um, we live in a world of now. And so uh, we're trying to meet that expectation from, uh, from a merchandise standpoint. Um, FDIC and the Ozarks are the two big conferences for us coming up. Uh, we're gearing up for those. So we'll be at FDIC uh, teaching in the classroom. And then um, the uh, tactics at the lake, out in uh, Lake Ozarks, David Woodward puts on an incredible conference out there with the Lake Area Fools. And uh, we're doing a basic and advanced course out there. So we're adding uh, props and everything to the advanced course. Um, we're integrating with Fire Force Incorporated, Todd Shepard. Um, he's got his new Alpha Door. It is by far, hands down, uh, the most comprehensive forcible entry simulator on the market. Um, most people are paying you know, X amount of dollars for just a door. And all that door does is force inward or outward, or it's a door made of wood. Uh, Todd Shepard has an incredible product with a ton of through the lock applications. Um, if you haven't seen his alpha door, uh, you're missing out. And if you're in the market for a forcible entry simulator, you'd be doing yourself a disservice to 
to buy a door that just swings inward and outward uh, when there are products on the market that are far surpassing uh, the training capabilities of, of other simulators, especially if you're interested in through the lock or just actually teaching entry work and, uh, and being good at it. And that's from the law enforcement and EMS. Awesome. And final question, what, uh, what advice do you have for, and let's just put it out there. I would say the majority of the fire service may have heard of through the lock, but what advice do you give the person, the crew that doesn't have any experience doing it? What's, uh, what's John Buttrick's, uh, three points of advice, what should they do? What book should they read? What video should they watch? What class should they attend? Um, how do, how do they start? What, what product do they buy first? Yeah. So, I mean, some of this stuff, um, you know, go to our YouTube, go to our Facebook, majority of the media that we have that's, um, you know, we got some videos with, I don't know, right now, probably 45 million views on one of these videos. Um, you know, Go to the, go to the, go to our YouTube, go to our Facebook, get hungry for it, get engaged in it, and then go try it. So if you, if you see something that we're doing, a duster can, I don't sell duster cans, go to the dollar store, buy a duster can, see if it works. Am I saying carry a duster can on your fire truck? No, that's not what I'm saying. There's other methods to do this. Uh, a particular place, I used to just stick my belt under the door after we heated it up, you know, however we did that. So a hot packs and paper. There's a video of that, right? A lot of this stuff, uh, don't get hung up on purchasing the tools. Yes, we run a website. Yes, we sell the tools. Yes, we will hook you up. But hot packs and a piece of paper can get you in places, okay? So we all have hot packs on our, on our rigs, and we all have paper in the clipboard. There's very simple methods that you can go out and try, get hungry for this stuff, get the buy-in from your company officer, and, and just go out and try it. And as you learn more things and as you see the success and as you see it work and you see the community become uh, receiving of it and, and things like that, you just, you grow, you grow into it. And, um, and that's where we've seen, you know, large metropolitan departments, maybe their training division buys six or 10 uh, respectful entry kits, right? They deploy it to the training officers. They vet the program. They vet the tools. And then they come back to us and every special service in their city, right? And some of the largest departments across this country are buying this stuff. And uh, you talked earlier about success. What, you know, what, what's a notch in my belt for that? That kind of stuff, right? That's the affirmation that we're doing something right and that it works. Um, and so just, just get engaged with it. Uh, you know, watch some videos. We live in this now, now, now world. So the, the you know, the, FDNY forcible entry manual, the San Francisco forcible entry manual. Those are the great texts for the historic, um, you know, placement of through the lock. But if you want something right now and you want to see if you want to decide if what I'm saying is either BS or not, watch a couple of our videos on Facebook, categorize it by views, go to the top, watch a couple of videos, go out and try this stuff in your first do, see if it works. And then if you have an issue, my cell phone number is all over the all over the internet. You can Google my name, find my cell phone number. You can find me on Facebook. You can message Coastal with the whole team monitors our our contact us forms, our um, social media inboxes, right? So we will get you an answer. We will get you a video. We will get you an answer. We will talk to you on the phone, and we will make sure that um, you know everything we're putting out there. It, it will work for you, and we'll explain to you why it does or why it doesn't in that particular instance. Um, 
if there's, you know, an in- intricacy to what you're doing and, uh, and we're here to help, we're here to educate or, you know, unless we're at work, um, you know, or busy or et cetera, we will, we'll definitely get back to you. Um, so, you know, watch our content, come to our classes and contact us, you know, bring us out for a class, um, come to one of our classes in one of your areas, you know, send some representatives and then, um, you know, if you're impressed or whatever, if you're not great, if you are, bring us in and te- let us teach your department and show this stuff to the masses and then let it get out. And uh, the return on investment, it's, uh, it's, it's demonstrated. It's there. Awesome, John. Well, thank you so much for answering the five questions. This is Fire Talk Podcast with John Buttrick. And John can be reached at Coastal Fire Training. Uh, again, you can Google him and get his uh, cell phones. You can text him direct. Also, he's on Instagram and Facebook. And again, the uh, YouTube.com, probably backslash Coastal Fire Training. It's probably their YouTube channel. And uh, you'll be able to watch content right now. So thank you very much, John. And uh, I will hopefully meet you sometime uh, in person. And I look forward to our website.